I'm Katie Tremonti, and I'm so happy to have you joining us today. I'm excited for today's episode because today I get to walk you through how to map your life story. And I'll give you kind of a simple framework. There really is no right or wrong way to map your life story. So you are free to um, adjust or change what I share with you today. But I really wanted to create an episode where I walk you through the framework that I use at Original Design Restored for our pre-homework for the intensives for the ladies who come for those of you who've been you know what i'm talking about that huge life map you've made before you've attended an intensive that's what we're going to talk about here today on this episode is how do i map my life story in the last episode we talked about story work and really specifically story work as gospel work that story work is gospel work when we look at our story and really put it under the arc of the gospel when we look at our story through the lens of the gospel. And so that's kind of the overview of, of why story work would be significant to our faith life. We are going to get into the how today. How do I map my story? Your life story map or making a life map is a way to do story work. There are lots of ways to do story work. In our last episode, I shared a handful of resources that our story work resources. So you can check out that episode. And I think I listed five different resources maybe on different ways to do story work. This episode is specifically on how to map your life stories, how how to make a visual representation of your life story as a tool for you to make connections across your lifespan and also to look at and make connections based on what you've lived and how it's impacting you now in the present. It's also a way to make connections of where has God been at work? What good has he been doing? Where has he been in the story of my life? Where has he been in my life story before I met him, after I met him, that whole range? You have experienced some level of difficulty, hurt, pain, even with the good things, gifts that you've had like strengths that you have in yourself, the things that are unique about you. Sometimes those have been expressed well. Sometimes they've been shut down or hidden. When we look at our lives, there is this longing for wholeness, healing, growth, and the full expression of what we were made to do. And really even discovering the purpose of why am I here and what am I, what am I meant to do with my life? So as a human, as a human being, there is this this longing for the writing or the healing of what doesn't work in myself in my story and so that's kind of this concept of tra- a concept of transformation i want something to be healed whole or changed inside of me in my story in the ways i interact with the world interact with people even inside myself like how i feel inside and so This desire or this pursuit of transformation is a very human desire. And then when you understand the gospel, when that's an overarching arc of your life, there is this sense that this isn't the way, this fallen world, this broken world that we live in, dysfunction, destruction, what we experience in this earth is not the way it was meant to be. And there's this echo of creation in our souls. It says there was something better, perfect, that we didn't get to taste or touch or experience. And so... We sense that echoes of creation, the goodness of God, his divine, his divine work over this earth. And 
want to engage that more. We want the restoration of that, and that is made possible through Jesus. So when we understand that story work is not only a first step towards transformation, it is also gospel work because it's it's putting our lives, it's aligning our lives with the truth of the gospel. It's saying there are broken and hurting things in me. I know there are gifts and strengths and beautiful things in me that aren't being expressed. I want the healing of what's hurt me, and I want the space or the growth or the development of goodness that are in me to come forward. So we're, story work is a springboard for transformation because we're looking at our stories. Honestly, it is gospel work when we align our story with the gospel and say, God, I want you to redeem and restore what has happened in my life. I want you to redeem and restore the things in my life. And then there were three steps of story work that we talked about in the last episode. There are three steps in story work. The first is just finding out what's in your story. The second is beginning to reflect on how what's in your story is affecting and impacting you now, both negatively and positively. And the third is really pursuing the healing and transformation of what's broken and hurting and the reclaiming and development of the gifts and goodness and beauty in your story. So that's the recap on the last episode and kind of the base for where we're going today. But before we jump into how the framework I use to create a a life story map, I want to share three resources that really feed into or strengthen this concept that story work is sacred and significant work. So as you begin reflecting on your life story and, and as you, if you choose to begin making a life map, I would recommend leaning into one of these three resources. The first would be Adam Young's first ever episode on his The Place We Find Ourselves podcast. Um, His first ever episode on that podcast is an episode titled Why Your Story Matters More Than You Think. And I would recommend listening to that as you map your life story and engage story work. I also would recommend reading the book, The Soul of Shame by Kurt Thompson. This will give you a large framework for how your story from the past is impacting the present and also the reality of evil at work in the story and God at work in your story as well. And kind of the, the overarching reality in the world over all of our stories and how that's playing out in our own personal lives. And then lastly, I do recommend our original design restored intensives. We don't have the 2022 dates yet. When we do have those, we will share those. But that would be another place to find support for doing life story mapping and and story work. Those would be three resources to look at. Before I give you also the how to make a story map, I want to share three more reasons why. So why would it be important to look back at your story and reflect on all that has been especially if there is any amount of pain, struggle, rejection, abandonment, hurt, wounding. It can be daunting to go back and look at your story. So why would I want to do that? Because we don't, Jenny Allen in her book, Restless, says we don't dig up the past essentially without cause. I don't remember the exact quote. There's purpose in doing it. So why? Why do we why do we do that? Why do we dig up our story? Why do we look back? I have a few things. One, when you look back at your story, you begin to have the possibility of understanding what has shaped you. And you have the opportunity to choose to either embrace or change what has come out of those things that have shaped you. So some things that have shaped you have been really, really good and beautiful. And looking back at our story and seeing those markers of impactful people 
relationships, moments, opportunities, events, and circumstances is really affirming and really exciting. And it can even speak to or affirm the things you were made to do. But then we also look back to see where there was wounding, where there was difficulty and struggle, where there was brokenness, pain, where there was sin, where there were lies that we've believed and we've based our life on lies that we've believed. And we look back with the possibility of understanding how that's affecting us now, but also with the opportunity to make some choices of how we want to embrace or change those things, how we want to move forward out of those and pursue healing and transformation. Also, another massive reason to do story work is that you have the added benefit of becoming a better parent. So if you are a parent doing story work regarding your own life, from your birth to now, your childhood, your family of origin, doing story work is massively significant in becoming a better parent. It has been said in multiple places um, and by multiple people, resources, that making sense of your story is the greatest factor in creating secure attachment with your children. And in the book, Parenting from the Inside Out, they explain that attachment can change over the course of a child's life. So it's not too late to make a positive impact. And I will put this book and the authors in the show notes because parenting from the inside out is a powerful push towards understanding what's in your story so that you can become a better parent because understanding your story, making sense of what you've lived is incredibly impactful for how you parent your children and create secure attachment in and with them within your relationship. Third, and this is probably the biggest reason to me of why, why I would want to, why I did, and why I encourage others to engage in story work is it is the opportunity to engage with Jesus in real time and invite him to be at work in your life, asking him to heal hurts, and call forward gifts in your life. So I cannot imagine anything more beautiful or more powerful than having Jesus at work in my life in real time, in real ways. The spaces of healing and transformation and growth and the development of gifts and strengths that he's given me in my life have been some of the most powerful moments and some of the most freeing, healing, hopeful moments in my life. To interact with Jesus in real time and have evidence of him at work in your life, in your story, is one of the most amazing things to ever experience. The reason we would do story work on this last reason, the reason we would bring our struggles and strengths out and look back and, and try to map out that story is to experience God at work in real time, in real life, in the restoration of what's been broken and in the expression of what's beautiful in ourselves and in our stories. So those would be some reasons why. So now how? How do I map my story? That's the big question, right? We're excited. We've got resources. We've got reasons why. How do I map my story? The the way that I have people who attend an ODR intensive map their story is actually 
um, a version of like I've adjusted how the program your one degree does their life story mapping. And we've been given permission to use their life story mapping for our purposes for the people that we interact with. And so we'll share it here on this podcast, a form of it. I won't go into in extensive detail because it is rather detailed, but for your purposes, what I would do is I would recommend getting small uh, sticky notes of various colors and a large poster board. I actually cut poster board in half. So maybe a, maybe a half size of poster board. You could use a large size of poster board, some kind of board. I've had women use full piece of cardboard that's been covered in, I think it was like wallpaper or contact paper. You can create however you want to lay out your, your life story map. The way that I would recommend doing it is in a couple steps. First would be to assign colors on your post-it notes to a couple things. You want to assign a specific color to the negative, painful, broken, hurting moments, relationships, experiences, etc. So one color for the difficult realities and then a different color for the positive, life-giving, affirming, igniting relationships, realities, experiences, and moments in your life. So you have one for the the difficult and then one for the life-giving. And then you want to have a third color because we're going to break up the life story on your life story on this life map into chapters of your life. So you want to have a third color that will be the titles of your chapters. And then at the bottom of that, or I mean, it's, I haven't explained it all yet. So I'm, I'm seeing what you're not seeing yet. Um, that same color will also be evidence of evidences of God at work in your life. So. Color number one is for difficult. Color number number two is for positive, life-giving. And then color number three is for chapter titles and the God story weaving through your life. What you would do first is ignore color number three. Start with color number one, color number two, and take time with God first before you even begin reflecting on your life story, what you've lived. And before you even begin reflecting, I would do two things. I would recommend surrendering your story to Jesus and letting him hold it. In Colossians, it says that he holds all things together so he can hold your story, whatever is in it. And I know some of you have really painful stories. So I would first surrender your story to Jesus. And then I would invite the Holy Spirit to be present in this entire process. And I would ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the memories, relationships, people that are significant for you to pay attention to right now. So story work will often spiral and you'll see elements of your story at one point and God will want to speak and work in those spaces. But then a few years later, if you go back and map your story again, which I've had the opportunity to do, there will be other significant things that come up. And so it spirals not like not spiraling, like in a bad way, like you're spiraling out, but spiraling, like going deeper into healing and transformation. And so we ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind what he has for us to look at in this time, what's significant for right now, so that we engage with just what's important right now. When we begin to pursue healing and transformation and the restoration of ourselves and our souls and our life, we cannot even grasp or fathom where will we where we will end up at the end of our lives if we continue on this ongoing journey. 
And so we don't have to feel the weight of it all at once. We just get to walk in step with what God's showing us right now. So we would surrender. The first steps would be to surrender your story to Jesus and just put it in his hands because he holds all things together. And then to invite the Holy Spirit to come and be present in this process and that he would bring to mind the things that he wants to show you as you engage in life story mapping. And then over a course of a day, days, weeks, however it works in your life, everyone has such different lives and schedules, you would just begin remembering and you would mark down just a word or a phrase that signifies significant memories, relationships, people, events, experiences that shaped you. So what what shaped you? And this can be random at this point. Like you can just you can just write it down, put your sticky note on that poster board and leave it for now. The goal at this stage of life story mapping is just to get those memories out, to be listening to the Holy Spirit, whatever he prompts. And and don't disregard something. If something comes up and you're not sure if it's significant or not, write it down. You can throw it out later. So you just kind of gather memories, moments, relationships that feel significant or that you sense the Holy Spirit is like, write this down. So you write it down. And then after that, what you'll do, so that would be step one is surrendering and inviting the Holy Spirit to be at work in this process with you. The next step is just collecting the significant moments, relationships, events. The third step would be to organize your life story map. So you want to leave, if you have a poster board laid out, so let's just envision poster board laid out, leave a strip across the top. You'll need that and leave a strip across the bottom. So that's going to be blank. Then you're going to create columns now going vertically across your poster board of the chapters of your life. So you'll look at your sticky notes and you'll start to organize hmm, these early memories, whatever it is for you. It might be, it might be zero to seven. It might be zero to three. It might be zero to five. It might be zero to 10. I'm not sure what you, what your early childhood would be categorized by. You'll just make a, a column of the most significant um, sticky notes, the most significant memories, relationships, the things that shaped you most in that season. Then you'll create another column of the next chapter and so on across your poster board until you've gotten to the present moment. So this will take some reworking, some adjusting. You just want to create, uh, you want to create columns of the chapters of your life. And as you start working on it, you'll get a sense of like, oh, this is, this was a chapter from this age to this age or this event to this event. You'll create your columns. And then once you're done creating your columns, you'll look at each of those chapters. And on that third color, so now you're going to the third color of Post-it, you'll write a chapter title for each column. So you'll look at that, that section of your life, let's say zero to 10, or maybe it's 11 to 14 as a chapter of your life. And you'll think, what, what did, was that chapter all about? What, what would I title that chapter of my life? And You'll put a, a title at the top. I have a season of my life that included a lot of M words, motherhood, marriage, ministry. So there was a, there was a lot of M's and that would be a chapter title. I think it was like three M's or four M's. Other things. I mean, it can be as creative as you want. It could be colors. It could be, it could be anything that you want, but titles of the chapters of your life. And then at the bottom, as you look back on each chapter of your life, I would recommend just asking God, where were you in this season? And what was the message that you were speaking over this season of my life? And letting him begin to name 
For the sections where you didn't know him yet, I would just ask him, what what was the message that you had there? Where were you at work there? Because he is present in and around us on this earth. So asking him for where were you, what was your message in this season? And that would be the beginning of your story map. You would have chapter titles across the top, vertical columns of the chapters of your life, birth to now, and then the messages or even the lessons that God was showing you in that season of life, the where God was in your story would be across the bottom, one message per column as well. And that would be a story, a life story map, a life map. I would say, and I share this with all of the women who come to an ODR intensive as they begin this process prior to coming, prior to attending our intensives, if you feel stuck at any point, please reach out to a trusted friend or a therapist because some of the moments in our life as we begin to feel them and remember them can become overwhelming, can be destabilizing as we re-engage them. So as you look at your life, if you feel stuck at any point, if you're feeling destabilized, I recommend reaching out to a trusted and safe friend or a therapist and emphasis on the therapist if you're becoming destabilized as you reflect on your story. In fact, I've known people who, as they engage their life story, were proactive by making sure they were going to be seeing a therapist regularly as they mapped out their life story. So know that that's part of the process. It can be painful to look back and it is helpful to have support as you begin to look back. I would also say a further step of mapping your story would be to map your story with the intention of sharing it with a therapist, if you're seeing a therapist, or if you are interested in seeing a therapist, having a life story map would be helpful. Sharing it with a life coach or in a facilitated healing community. Because story work is such sacred, vulnerable work, I do recommend sharing your story, your life story map, only in safe spaces at this point with people who will hold your story with great care and with the ability to remove any of their own personal judgment or preconceived biases about you or your life. Which is why I recommend, if you want to share your life story, which is a really healing step, intending to share it with a therapist, a life coach, or within a facilitated healing community. Our stories are such sacred spaces, and God is at work in restoring our stories. But there is also an enemy at work in destroying our stories. So we want to be wise in how we begin to engage our vulnerable stories, especially when we're in process of understanding what is there. If you have questions about how this life mapping process works, send your questions into me. The best way to do that is to direct message me on Instagram. We have an account, the original design restored account is on Instagram. You can direct direct message me there and I'll gather up those questions and try to answer as many as I can. Or you can head to our website, originaldesignrestored.org. That'll be in the show notes. You can click on contact us and that will get to me. So you can send in questions about how this works and I will try to answer them on the question and answer episode if there's anything that I missed or that you want explained more explicitly. As we close this episode, I want to encourage you because it is, it is work. Story work is work, but story work is gospel work. And when we take our story under the arc of the gospel, and we're telling the truth of what we have lived, and we look and see what's really there, 
we have the opportunity to experience Jesus at work in our real life, healing real things in tangible ways in this work. It is powerful and exciting and freeing. And so as you engage this work, I would encourage you to hold on to the anchor that story work can be gospel work when we look at our stories through the lens of the gospel and ask Jesus to join us in this work and heal what is hurting and restore the goodness and beauty he has put in us. I'm so excited for what he will be doing in your life as you begin to engage your story under the arc of the gospel. Thank you for being here today. To learn more about Original Design Restored, our intensives, and what we're about, head over to our website. And finally, as you go your own way, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.